Teron Lowe. Seven straight points by Ivers. It looked like he was dead in the water. Ball slips her by six. Jordan. Open. Chicago with the lead. If that's the last image of Michael Jordan, how magnificent the series. It's Lillard. He got the shot off. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the 3 and D. I'm Paul Lombardi, and I'd like to welcome everyone back to the Review and Preview Network for my weekly NBA and college basketball show. Make sure to check us out on all social media platforms and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Review and Preview Sports. In tonight's episode, I'll be going over the NBA Draft Combine that just wrapped up yesterday, the NBA Draft Lottery results, the recent head coach hirings that happened this past week, and later Nick DiMartino joins the show to talk conference finals, Suns, Bucks, Clippers, Hawks, you name it. Hope everybody's doing well. Um, as as always, feel free to drop a comment if you got any questions. If you're watching, want to shout us out, uh, let us know. You can also, just like uh, it says below, follow the 3 and D on Twitter at the 3 and D. And so we got a lot of stuff that's been going on this past week in the college basketball and the NBA uh, platform. Uh, we got the NBA draft lottery was this past week. The combine was uh, was this past week as well. Um, the USA basketball team's uh, complete roster came out. Uh, four brand new head coaching hirings that we're going to have to go over, and then of course the NBA playoffs, which is the most important uh, that are all going on. So we're coming down to the end of it, even as the NBA finals are going on. You know, we're still we're still hitting uh, the deep parts of the season. And so some of the more entertaining parts of the season too. We'll have free agency beginning soon, and all that, and all that great stuff. So it's very interesting, you know. I, uh, the I've I've definitely been um, a little surprised. I mean, to say the least about the uh, the kind of stuff that's been going on this year's playoffs has been unbelievable. Uh, the disparity in the teams that have been winning. You know, there's going to be some first-time champions. I think that it's incredible. You know, I've said it a bunch of times on this show. I think that it's it's unlike anything we ever seen. You know, we're too used to we become too used to a LeBron Finals or a Steph Curry Finals or anything like that. Kevin Durant, all the normal faces in the NBA Finals. But we're finally going to see some new guys. We're going to see some new um, first-time champions. No matter who wins. One of their star players is going to be first-time champion, and it's just exciting. You know, we saw the rise of the Hawks, too. I think the Hawks are playing incredible. You know, a little takeaway that, is, that I noticed in game four of the uh, the game three, I should say, of the Bucks versus Hawks series yesterday is that um, when Trey Young is neutralized, 
they, it's very tough for the Hawks to win. They they have gone completely uh, – they've been completely carried by his tremendous play. And, you know, it's not I'm not taking anything away from Capella and Gallinari and Herder and all the guys who have done great too because they've they've been great role players and have added to the deep uh to the deep run that they've that the Hawks have gone on but Trey Young's out of this world play is what's carrying them and we saw that when he got injured yesterday they had a huge lead at the beginning of the game after he got injured and went to they kind of went downhill they weren't able to catch up Chris Middleton ended up taking over and the Hawks are still a little bit away from the Bucks um, the Hawks are on the rise and should be a pretty common face when it comes to the NBA playoffs for the upcoming several several seasons, but it's, you know, not this year. I think they still have a little ways to go, not necessarily in the same tier as the Bucks. And speaking of the Bucks, we got Tom Scavetta. Let's go, Bucks. Uh, big Bucks fan was on the show last week. Go check it out, everybody. We talked Bucks, we talked Eastern Conference Finals and everything. But that was one of my takeaways. We'll get back into the conference finals a little bit later when our guest Nick DiMartino comes on. But first off, let's jump into the NBA draft lottery. So the NBA draft lottery was this past Tuesday. Um, the We now finally know the complete order of all 60 picks on the July 29th draft. The Detroit Pistons ended up winning, so they'll have the first pick. Houston Rockets got the second pick. The Cleveland Cavaliers got the third pick. The Toronto Raptors got the fourth, and the Orlando Magic got the fifth. But it's an interesting. The, the most draft picks that anybody had is the Oklahoma City Thunder, as we all expected. They got the sixth, 16th, 18th, 34th, 36th, and 55th. So they have three first-rounders and three second-rounders this year. So they're going to have six draft incoming rookies, um, assuming they don't trade away any of those draft picks, which they probably will. They're probably not going to retain all six of them as we see in every year's draft, but they, they've got six draft picks and they've got three in the top 20. So, and we, you, everybody's going to have to get used to that because the Thunder have absolutely stockpiled draft picks and they're going to have a ton of draft picks for the next foreseeable drafts. So we're going to be seeing a lot of Oklahoma City Thunder select, etc. in the upcoming draft. So we'll see if they do a good job. I mean, they're at six, which I think will be an, a very interesting pick. Uh, you know, the combine was this past week. I think a lot of guys moved up and a lot of guys moved down on draft boards. Uh, the, but besides that, the Magic also have two top 10 picks. As they, as I said, they have the fifth pick. They also have the eighth pick. And the Warriors, too, have the seventh pick and the 14th pick, which I think is really interesting. They have two lottery picks with a healthy Clay Thompson coming back next year and a healthy James Wiseman coming back. The Warriors could vary if they – if they get some impactful players at seven and fourteen, they might be right back at top, at the top of the West in twenty twenty two. I would not be surprised. They might be going on a revenge tour. I think the Warriors are definitely headed in the right direction. They have seven and fourteen uh, are going to be their draft picks, and I'm working on my mock draft right now. And there's a few guys who can impact who can be impactful players off the bench right off the bat that they could take at 7-14. and 14. So I think that they're, they're going to use those picks very wisely. But my early top five, my full mock draft will be released on our YouTube channel in a few weeks. I'm going to be completely working on that now, be releasing my final big board. But my early top five after 
seeing the top five picks from the lottery goes as follows. I think the Pistons, Cade Cunningham is almost a definite. Cade Cunningham is by far the best prospect in this year's draft. He's miles ahead of anybody else. Uh, he's a he's a potential perennial All Star. Really, he's got so much, um, so much NBA potential. He's got great size, great speed. He can score from anywhere. He's a great defender. You know, he he basically has the has the potential to be able to do it all and be one of the top players in the league in the coming years. So I think the that's a layup for the Pistons at number one. The Rockets at number two is interesting because they can go a variety of ways. You got Jalen Suggs there, you got Evan Mobley there, um, and you got Jalen Green there, who were the next three on you know the top four. So I think Jalen Green. Um, they might try they I'm not sure if they're going to go with Jalen Green. They have Kevin Porter Jr. who's turning into a player, and I'm not sure if they're going to go Evan Mobley at two uh, with Christian Wood being their big man. They could, but I, I feel like Jalen Suggs is going to go number two to the Rockets. I feel like he's a point guard. He's a great floor general, tremendous passer, and he might be a, a perfect guy to stick in that future backcourt with Kevin Porter Jr. That being the Rockets having a Suggs Porter backcourt for years to come, that might be the way to go. I really could see that happening. I think that that would be the best bet. And then, the, and then Cleveland taking Jalen Green with the next pick, I could definitely see happening. We're already seeing the rumors that Colin Sexton is on the trade is on the trade block, and. That's probably because they're eyeing one of these guards. They have the third pick, so they're going to be able to. They'll be able to draft either Suggs or Green. One of those guys is going to be on the board at the third pick. So, and they already have Garland and Sexton, who they drafted the last couple of years. So they might have to. So if they trade one of those guys, if you see a Colin Sexton trade uh, somewhat soon, then I think, or even. Um, after the draft, I feel like the Cavs are not going to pass up on this. Um, they they're going to take Jalen Green. Jalen Green, you know, has was arguably the biggest recruit coming in this year. He decided to play in the G League, put up great stats. He's drawn comparisons to Kobe Bryant. Uh, he has had the highest of praise about him, and he didn't really go through any of the big drills at the combine. He didn't really go through any of uh, the important stuff so we didn't see anything that would hurt or improve his stock but i feel like the Cavs are going to take green if the rockets were decided to take green the Cavs would probably take Suggs, or maybe they go evan mobley you never know if they decide to hold on to sexton and garland evan mobley would be the right pick but at number four i got the raptors taking evan mobley i feel like that this is like a match made in heaven the raptors need a five badly to match up with siakam and anunabi in the uh, front court. Uh, that was a big issue that they had this year. You know, they had Alex Len as a placeholder for part of the season. They had Aaron Baines the last couple of years as a placeholder. They haven't had that's uh, a good center in a while. And, you know, they had Mark, they had Marcus soul, but he was a little bit past his prime. Wasn't as effective. You know, they haven't had a great center and they could use a young one to match up with Siakam for years to come. So I feel like if Mobley, the furthest he falls is four. Um, if the Rockets and Cavs were to decide to pass on him, I feel like the Raptors would scoop him right up there. And uh, at number five, I got an interesting one. I got Scotty Barnes going number five uh, forward from Florida State. He does it all. He's an amazing defender and is 
improving immensely on the offensive end. They think that it's, you know, if you watch some of his tape from Florida State, you'll see all you have to see about the type of defender he is. He's a hard-nosed player. He's a great teammate, too. Uh, that's everybody brags about him. I feel like the Magic need a guy like that, a guy that can step in and just energize the team. They have the fifth and the eighth pick. Uh, Jonathan Kuminga will be on the board at this pick. So I feel like number f- the fifth pick is going to – you're going to see all the way up until draft night, all mock drafts are going to be going back and forth with Kuminga and Barnes as the fifth and sixth pick, uh, who they think is better. Kuminga didn't really play in any of the – any of the stuff in uh, the combine, but had his own little showcase and impressed a little bit, but he played in the G league as well this year. Scotty Barnes is six, eight forward who can, who was a point guard for part of the year at Florida state. He, you know, he does everything and he's, he's drawing comparisons to Jonathan Isaac, who's already on the magic, but I think that he could play alongside him. You know, he can do a lot of stuff. He could be a very interesting guy to, to match up with Cole Anthony too. And Jonathan Isaac, you know, when he comes back from his injuries, I think that that could be a step in the right direction for the magic. I think Barnes might be the good pick, but Kuminga could also be the pick there. They're both forwards, both lengthy. Uh, They're both lengthy wings. So it could go either way, but that's my early top five. I'm probably going to be going back and forth on this over the next month before the draft. I'm sure this top five will look completely different come the morning of the draft when I, update my final mock draft you know it's uh, you always go back and forth but this is my first after seeing the uh the draft lottery completely come come in to full into uh into a full tuition i i think that that's what the top five is going to look like i really do and i obviously like i said my full mock draft will be released on our youtube channel in a few weeks so, something from the NBA draft lottery results. We also have the NBA draft combine that to, that ended yesterday. Actually, took place this week. Um, a lot of guys. I'll tell you what. A lot of guys improved their their draft stock big time. Um, in especially in my opinion, I think that uh, I think a few that came to mind were Quentin Grimes, Joe Wieskamp. Nashawn Highland and Josh Christopher absolutely balled out. Joe Wieskamp had a 25.10 rebound scrimmage uh, in one of the five-on-fives. He played great. Quentin Grimes played absolutely tremendous. Former five-star recruit, transferred from Kansas to Houston. You know, everybody knew his potential, but he's finally showing the potential that NBA, of uh, what he could be in the NBA. Nashawn Highland from VCU, he's, you know, he's – He's a gutsy. He's a gutsy player. He's a big guard. Uh, he's fast. He can score. He does a little bit of everything. And Josh Christopher too, who played at Arizona State this year. He was a five-star recruit. Arizona State was terrible this year, but so we didn't really see much of him. He fell on draft boards a lot, but he showed out in the in his own little showcase that he had during the combine, and that's that can help his his draft stock big time. He was you know a perennial lottery pick throughout the year. But he fell most recently to like the 20s because of his lack of exposure and how bad Arizona State was this past year. So those were three, those were four guys that balled out. Joe Wieskamp, we've been seeing in the last couple of combines uh, forward from Iowa, obviously, was kind of like the second best player behind Luca Garza for these, the, those great Iowa teams. 
Uh, he's got great NBA size, 6'7". He's a tremendous knockdown shooter, but he showed great defense, great rebounding. And, you know, all, I think all four of these guys could potentially slot into the late first round. And, you know, as the next few weeks come out, we'll start seeing the scouts tell all the analysts who they, you know, were impressed by and who they're looking at with late first round picks. And then more in-depth mock drafts that are much more accurate are going to be starting to come out in the next week or two. So those are four guys. If you're a mock draft person and you like to keep track of them, those are four guys that I think you got to keep an eye out for uh, that I think are going to move up uh, on these draft boards in the next couple of weeks. And a lot of these guys might end up being first round picks. You know, there's not too many mock drafts that have Grimes, Wieskamp and Highland in the first round. Uh, but we might see, we might see a couple of them, if not all three of them jumping into first round selections. So now jumping over from the combine and the NBA draft to a little NBA news, USA basketball roster for the Tokyo Olympics was completely released today. Um, last week for during my episode, we had eight out of 12 guys committed, but we have the complete 12 and we have the head coaches and the assistant coaches, uh, the complete list available. So Bam Adebayo, Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Jeremy Grant from the Pistons, Draymond Green, Drew Holiday, Zach Levine, Damian Lillard, Kevin Love, Chris Middleton, and Jason Tatum is the 12-man roster. The head coach will be Greg Popovich, the great Greg Popovich. Assistants will be Steve Kerr, Lloyd Pierce, who is, you know, just fired through halfway through the season for the Hawks, and Jay Rice, head coach of Villanova. Uh, those will all be the assistants. They always bring in one or two college coaches to be an assistant or to be a head coach. You know, we saw Coach K for all those years doing it. We saw Roy Williams, a part of it for a long time. So Popovich will be the head coach, and this could also be the last time we see him on the USA basketball uh, coaching roster as an assistant or a head coach. So this will be very interesting because who knows when when he'll retire, but Steve Kerr, Lloyd Pierce, and Jay Wright will back him up as assistant. So I think it's it's looking very good. Um, My starting five with all the 12 guys that are available, the guy, my starting five would be, I'd have Damian Lillard and Devin Booker in the backcourt. Then I have KD, Jason Tatum, and Bam Adebayo in the frontcourt. Uh, then I have Bradley Beal as your sixth man, Drew Holiday, Draymond Green, Zach Levine, Chris Middleton, Jeremy Grant, and Kevin Love off the bench in that order. That's how I would go about it. Um, I think that 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 would be the best roster. I feel like it's going to be very similar to that. Uh, Lillard, Booker, and KD, I can't imagine those three not starting. Uh, Tatum and Adebayo, we'll see. You know, you could squeeze Beal in there, but then you'd have a small lineup. You can squeeze Drew Holiday in there, but you'd have a small lineup. You need to start. You need to have a center, and Adebayo is the best choice. You know, then you you just have Draymond and Kevin Love are the backup big men, and Adebayo is by far the best there. So I feel like Adebayo will definitely start at the five, and you know, then then the four would be a question mark. Will it be Tatum? You know, will they go smaller and have KD play the four? There's, there's a lot of ways that they can go about it, which is going to be very interesting. But USA basketball roster is set. The Tokyo Olympics is in three weeks. The Right after the NBA season is over, the women's team is set. We're starting to get down to it, people. It's going to be a great time. I'm hyped, I'm hyped to watch some Olympics basketball again. Haven't seen it in now five years. So 
I'm I'm very excited about it. So we got a, a set roster and we're ready to go. So now jumping over to the head coaching hirings. So four big time head co- head coach hirings happened this past week since the last episode. First one was Ime Udoka was hired as the Celtics head coach. Very interesting one. He apparently blew away the Celtics front office and everyone in the organization during his interview and the players too all spoke highly of him. Uh, He's 43 years old, played in the NBA and overseas from 2000 to 2012, played for the Lakers, Knicks, Blazers, Spurs, and Kings. You know, I remember him. He was a backup power forward. Uh, And he's been, he was a Spurs assistant under Greg Popovich from 2012 to 2019. So he won a championship with them. The 76ers from 2019 to 2020. So for one season last year, he was 76ers assistant coach and was assistant coach for the Nets this past season under um, Jason under Steve Nash. So he's got a ton of head, ton of assistant coach experience. He's about ten seasons worth of head coaching of assistant coaching experience, and he was basically next in line. They were waiting. They they knew that he was going to get a head coaching job eventually. Forty three years old, and now with Brad Stevens in the front office, they're definitely hoping that. You know he could be there for the long haul, and he'll bring the Celtics back to glory. So that'll be that's an interesting one. And then a couple, a few veterans um, who got hired. Pacers hired Rick Carlisle, rehired him. I guess you can consider since he was already the Pacers head coach. Um, Rick Carlisle was kind of suddenly let go by the Mavericks a couple weeks ago. They he was they they couldn't agree on a contract extension. It was kind of a mutual departure. So Carlisle left and you knew that he was going to get swept up by the Blazers or the Pacers or the Celtics. I thought, I thought the Blazers and Celtics were going to be the two favorites, but the Pacers swooped in on him and reportedly got it done fast. They did it under the radar. They interviewed him under the radar and they knew they wanted him and they negotiated under the radar. That's why when we heard Pacers hire Rick Carlisle, we had never heard that he even interviewed in the past it before. They did it very quietly. Great job by the Pacers. This fantastic head coach that I think will get them back to the top of the East next year because they had an extremely down, down year this past year after firing Nate McMillan, which was a huge mistake. Uh, Carlisle, 61 years old, Still got some, still got plenty of good coaching years left. He played in the NBA for the Celtics, Knicks, and Nets in the 80s. Uh, he was the head coach of the Pistons from 2001 to 2003, the Pacers from 03 to 07, and then the Mavericks from 2008 to 2021. So he was the Mavericks head coach for 14 seasons, I believe that is, and was obviously the head coach when they won the, the 2011 NBA championship. He was also coach of the year in 2002 with the Detroit Pistons in his first season as head, as a head coach in the NBA. He won Coach of the Year in the 0102 season. His career record is 8, 836 and 689, and he's 63 and 70 in the playoffs for his career. So tremendous hire by the Pacers. Got to give it to them. They swooped in right there, um, did a great job grabbing him up, and you know didn't they knew they wanted him. And they got their guy. So I give them a ton of credit for that. And then the Mavericks, after losing out on Rick Carlisle, the Mavericks are bringing in Jason Kidd. So this was a very interesting one. You know, Jason Kidd uh, has some head coaching experience. We all know that. But um, we he reportedly denied the Blazers' job at the beginning of 
the head coaching search and made people think, you know, is he getting recruited by somebody else? I wonder if he was really getting recruited by the Mavericks back then. He might have been. You know, kid's 48 years old now, obviously a Hall of Famer. Every basketball fan knows Jason Kidd, 10-time All-Star, 5-time assist leader, 9 all-defensive teams, won the 2011 championship with Dallas. So he's got championship ties to the Mavericks. So I think that that's a big um, a big part of the reason why he wanted this job. And, you know, he was the – so he retired in 20 – after the 12-13 season. He played with the Knicks. He retired after that year and then became the head coach of Brooklyn in for the 13-14 season and was traded. You know, it's very interesting, but he was traded that summer – to the Milwaukee Bucks, where he was their head coach from 2014 to 2018, and then was fired when the Bucks brought in Budenholzer. And he's been the Lakers' assistant since 2019. So um, he, so he's spent some time as an assistant coach for the Lakers the last couple of years uh, under Frank Vogel. And he's jumping back into the head coach's seat. You know, I he never blew me away with the way he, with his job in Brooklyn, with what he did with the um, with the Bucks. You know, I he was very up and down. He had a one eighty three and one ninety record, nine and fifteen in the playoffs. Um, I, I think it's going to be interesting. But he's got great ties to Dallas, which I think is a key. Mark Cuban wanted him. Dirk Nowitzki apparently was a big catalyst in hiring their new head coach. So you're assuming he wanted Jason Kidd. So it'll be interesting. You know, he's got a winning past with the Dallas Mavericks. So we'll see if he can bring that as a head coach. Uh, I think that that'll be good. You know, he's, he'll be taking over Luca and, you know, could the, him taking over a young Mavericks team rather than, you know, the Portland Trailblazers might've been the best call. And he might have preferred that too because he played in Dallas. He's familiar with it. You know, that could be an interesting move. So we got Tom Scavetta, great deal for for them getting Carlisle, build around Sabonis. Absolutely agree. Got to build around Sabonis. Rick Carlisle is a great head coach for that Pacers team. He's going to bring them back to the top of the East next year, I think. And surprised it wasn't Stotts being he was a former assistant. That's true. Terry Stotts, it's going to be interesting. You know, we have the Wizards, um, the Magic and the Wizards are the only head coaching vacancies left. So it'd be interesting to see if Stotts becomes a primary candidate for any of those. I mean, the Magic just reportedly interviewed Penny Hardaway and apparently went really well. So that's going to be something to watch out for to see if the Magic hire possibly the best player, their best player in franchise history. But then the last head coaching hire, Blazers hired Chauncey Billups as head coach, first-time head coach, obviously a tremendous NBA career. He's 44 years old now, was a 17-year NBA vet, NBA champion in 2004, five-time All-Star, and he spent this past season as an assistant for the Clippers under Tyron Lue. So he's still sitting on the bench in the playoffs right now, and he just got hired for the as the Blazers uh, as the Blazers head coach for next season. He did some did some work as a broadcaster after his retirement, and a lot of people thought that he would get a front office role. He had been considered for a lot for a few GM openings. That's that were very recent, but he's going to jump into head coaching. And I think that this is a good hire for the Blazers. You know, um, there was rumors coming out that Damian Lillard wanted kid or Billups. And then all of a sudden there was rumors that Damian Lillard wasn't happy with, um, uh, with Chauncey Billups getting hired. 
I don't know how true any of that is. You know, there's been rumors about Damian Lillard going on for years now, and none of them ever seem to be true. So it's very difficult to believe any of it. So I, I really don't buy into any of that. I think that, you know, he's happy with the Billups hiring, and I think the Billups hiring was good. And then the head coach of vacancies remain, as we said, the Magic and Wizards are left. Steve Clifford, some of the best choices that are available. Steve Clifford's still out there. Obviously, he was fired from Orlando. He'd only be a candidate for the Wizards. Don't even know if that's a real thing. Scott Brooks was fired from the Wizards. He'd only be a candidate for Orlando. Terry Stotts, Becky Hammond, and Mike D'Antoni are a few interesting names that are still available for those two head coaching jobs. Uh, a lot, One of those jobs could be a hire from within. I think the Wizards are looking some for, with some guys from within. Uh, the Magic just interviewed Penny Hardaway. So no idea how that's going to go. I feel like Terry Stotts might be taking a year off it doesn't seem like he's going to get either of these jobs not sure becky hammond's going to get either of these jobs becky hammond might rejoin the spurs uh the spurs bench as an assistant for another season next year mike d'antoni might return with the nets as an assistant terry stotts might either take the year off or uh find an assistant job i'm sure anybody would hire him as an assistant he he'd, he'd probably get swept swooped up pretty quickly i think so that was that's some interesting ones. Some head coaching, uh, some of the head coaching vacancies that are still remaining and still going on. It'll be interesting to see what that amounts to, especially for the Magic and the Wizards. I really want to see if Penny Hardaway is going to be a legitimate candidate. I'm really excited about that, but you know, it's going to be it's going to be really exciting to see. So, jumping in to our next segment, we'll have our special guest coming on. Right now, uh, Nick DiMartino, one of my pals from college, uh, works at MLB Network, diehard basketball fan. Nick, how are we doing? All right, all right. Good, good, good. Um, so, thoughts on the conference finals? I think the Clippers kind of got screwed on Saturday night. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't know if you remember, I don't know how much of the game you watched, but there were so many calls that they missed. And I know I'm kind of mad about it because I actually had the I had money on the Clippers, but <laughs> but no, but I'm just objectively saying I think the refs screwed up. I mean, they had that one call with Terrence Mann when that was an and one, and he didn't get it. The other time, the ball was off Cameron Payne, and they didn't and they didn't even uh, they didn't even look at it. And those two plays alone were game changers. I mean, I think the Clippers could have come out on top, but now the series is just over. Yeah. But definitely. Well, without Kawhi, like they can't. There's not really much that they can do. I don't think. Well, well they could have done something if they had it tied at two two. They could have won, but they're not going to steal two games on the road. Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. I mean, with Kawhi, I think the Clippers. I think it's pretty clear the Clippers win. Like the, the Suns are good enough, but not not like that good. Not a team to beat. Not a team good enough to beat any big three team. The only reason the Suns even have a shot at winning this year is because of all the injuries. So Chris Paul is kind of lucky. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Clippers on paper, like, probably have the best roster in basketball. Mm-hmm. On paper, they're yeah. they're um, they're unbelievable. So, you mean without without the without all the injuries, without all the injuries, yeah. Like their yeah, entire yeah. their entire roster is just stacked. The so, Nets, I, I would say the Nets have a better roster. I would say the Clippers are the best roster in the West, but the Nets, but, but the Nets are very star powered in the front. I'm talking about like. Depth-wise, the Clippers have a ton of depth, though, too. Yeah, but I think star power probably matters more without injuries. Without injuries than depth does. 
it could, but the Clippers are up there, and they there's no doubt that they've underperformed. No, clearly they're the best team in the West on paper, but it doesn't matter what's on paper. It matters who's on the court. Exactly. They, they, they haven't been able to live up to that, you know, expectation that they've had that they have drawn um with after signing all these guys after you know training for all these guys you look at their team they're absolutely stacked and they shouldn't have a problem against the Suns team you know even without Kawhi but we saw Paul George struggle a little bit Paul George comes up with some big games but then he's missing some free throws you know it's it's interesting it's but that wouldn't be an issue had there not been injuries yeah that's they, definitely true. I mean, they spent all that money, uh, and they're not getting what they paid for because of injuries, and we all know that's baked into the cake. Yeah. But that wouldn't if Paul George is your best player, you can't expect to win anything. Yeah, it's true. Pacers weren't able to win anything, and that's you know, <clears throat> I mean, they're always a good enough team, but they were never good NBA enough champion. to be the best teams. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. But first, the Bucks, um, the Bucks versus Hawks game three was last night. Uh the Bucks had a big win. Chris Milton came up big, took a two to one series lead. You know, what are your thoughts on this series? You think the Hawks can come back? It seems like the Hawks are pretty much dead when Trey Young isn't uh, isn't on the floor and running the way that he, you know, he's been doing throughout these playoffs. No, I, I think it's. I think this one is not as over as the other series, but pretty yeah. close. <laughs> um, well, you know, the Hawks were at home and they couldn't win with as long as Trey Young was injured and and sprained ankles don't heal overnight. I would say they'd have a shot if if uh, Young wasn't hurt, but because Young is hurt, I think it's it's totally over because they rely on him too much and without him, they really can't it, they can't beat a team as good as the Bucks. Yeah, they're not they're not like fueled to beat a team like. I, I mean, think of it this way: the Nets lost. They had an injured Harden and. Uh, I mean, he played, but he was injured, and uh, Kyrie Irving was out. So without those two guys, uh, the Bucks beat the Nets. Uh, I mean, a young injury is arguably about as devastating to the Hawks' backcourt or to the whole team as those injuries are. Uh, and it, they, it, they, I mean, if that if that's going to happen to the Nets, that's probably going to happen to Atlanta too. So it, it looks like this game, this series, might be over. Although I'm kind of subconsciously rooting for Atlanta. Because it yeah. makes the Knicks loss look a little bit better if they like make the finals and they like yeah. win the whole thing. Then we can say, "Oh, we lost to the champions." Yeah. So I, I kind of hope for that to happen, um, but I, I, I think it's going to be Bucks Suns in the finals. I think the Hawks beating the Sixers definitely took a stinger out of the Hawks beating the Knicks. That well, was everybody. It, it did, and everybody wrote off the Hawks, including Knicks fans. Yeah. Like most Knicks fans, if you were to poll Knicks fans, they would have said. Oh, you know, we're going to beat the Hawks. They're not that good. They're not a good enough team. But really, we were we just weren't the good enough team. Yeah, uh, we we were the ones that were going to come up short, and we were everything we thought the Hawks were, which was frauds. Yeah, but it was the opposite. No, exactly, because we played out of our minds the entire season. We were very well coached throughout the season, but the Hawks got into a level that we weren't able to compete with. They also had more star power than we had. They had a much deeper team. They had better shooting. You know, that was that was the bottom line. That was our downfall. Was, yeah, I mean, our best player is Randall, and he didn't show up. Exactly. Although I don't and, necessarily think that's the reason he lost. We lost when he played well, too. So that, yeah. that's, that's not necessarily the, the only reason. Yeah. Um, no, not but, at all. I mean, like, they they just had a better team. And um, they underperformed at the beginning of the year, possibly due to the head coach. You know, Nate McMillan took over and did a tremendous yeah. job with them. And they started playing out of their minds, and they did that with the Sixers, too. And now, you know, even winning a game – one of the first games against the Bucks too. They looked great. And Trey Young, 
you know, has just looked unbelievable. But Chris Middleton last night completely took over. And it's interesting to see um, what they start to do down the stretch of games. Do they go with Chris Middleton over Giannis to hit the big shots? We saw Giannis has struggled with, uh, with his jumper, driving the hoop. He's obviously a menace and can't be stopped. But, you know, at the free throw line, the opposing fans get in his head. You know, he can't hit a three. He can't – sometimes he's inconsistent even inside the three-point line. Chris Middleton absolutely showed out. But he's been a little streaky, though, too. So it'd be interesting to see if the Bucks down the stretch of game start going with Middleton as the primary – uh, controller of the ball on uh, the offensive end. I don't know if that's necessarily true, that last part. I I think they would probably go to him for the last shot, but I don't think that's anything new. I don't know who's really trusting Giannis with the last shot anyway. We all know he's not that good of a shooter. Yeah. It's not news. Uh, But I I think, I I don't know. I I mean, I think Giannis would still be the primary controller because it tends to be that even if you're a power forward, the stars kind of bring the balls up anyway because – because there's just it's especially in the playoffs because it's just constant moving you can't get the ball back to the point guard all the time yeah it's true i mean drew holiday does have like 12 assists or or he he did it last night sorry last night he had like 12 assists but his shooting has been terrible yeah yeah he's been a great facilitator great passer and great ball handler but his shooting has not lived up to no i mean as a scorer he's been useless yeah exactly like to um setting up the offense though he's been great Giannis, I know, no, but like they're they're still going like they're not gonna write Giannis off in the fourth quarter. That's not you know by any sense what I mean. But like more more like you know is Middleton going to take the big shots? Is Middleton under two minutes? You know, are they going to be writing up plays for Chris Middleton to to take a long two rather than Giannis? You know, trying to take one of his fadeaways. It'll be interesting to see if that's the case. I mean, Chris Middleton when he's in his zone, he's we saw how good he was last night when he's in his zone. He is ridiculous, even on the offensive end. We all know he's a great defender, but he's a little streaky on the offensive end. But when he's in his zone, he's dynamic and can score from just about anywhere, hits threes, does just about everything. But the question is, will he be able to keep the and keep that pace up, basically? I don't know. I, I mean – I don't know exactly what goes on in huddles. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what they, they talk about. Uh, I think when it comes to, like, taking a three or pass outside, they would go to Middleton. Uh, otherwise, they would. I guess they would just go to Giannis. I don't – I mean, I don't know what they're going to do. But, you know, what happens when Middleton is off Yeah. in the final two minutes? They're going to keep going to Middleton. Exactly. And I assume they improvise on some level. Uh, yeah. I I don't think it's an open and shut case or totally black and white. I, I don't know. I would say I think it's still smarter to go to Giannis to go inside. Uh, I think that's smarter. But uh, you know, I, like I said, nobody really trusted Giannis to hit big threes anyway. It's he's not no. known for that. No, if you need a three, you're never going to go to Giannis. But if you need just a, a shot, or if you're you know you need the ball in your in your primary offensive player's hand, if they're going to get fouled or not. Who are you going to give the ball to? You're going to give it to Middleton most likely. So just be interesting to see, you know, an MVP that isn't taking over the game in that sense on the offensive end. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it was not the MVP this year. Yeah. Well, a former MVP. Former. Uh, a former a MVP. league MVP. Yeah. I mean, I haven't been around long enough 
to really answer that. So I don't know. Yes. Maybe it was some guy from the eighties yeah. that you, you could mention. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I guess that's true on. I guess that's true on some level, but it's also a big man, and he's a four, and yeah. probably could play a five. So in general, those guys don't run the offense anyway. Yeah, he could play just about any position. Yeah, he could, but he usually plays the four. Yeah, like if he if need be. Uh, got a couple more comments. What's up, Nick? Chris Middleton is a man. What is this about Chris Middleton? It's a, Tom's a Did big. He's a woman. Like... <laughs> Tom's a big. Tom's a big Bucks fan. He is. Yeah, he is. I did not know that. Yes, he's a big Bucks fan. Uh, yeah, I, I, Henry and Dichter, what's good, Nick? Bucks and six. You know Henry? I think it seems more like yes, yeah. I, I think it seems more likely to be a gentleman sweep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, it's killing the Hawks' big run. Yeah. I, I think that seems more likely. Yeah, I agree with that. And then, when was the last time no one seed in the conference finals? No one. That's a good question. Twenty fifteen in the Eastern Conference. Um, who is? Because twenty fifteen now, because the Cavs. It was um. Makes you think. It was at least ten years ago. Yeah, I can't even remember. Um, it's been it's been a while though since a one seed hasn't been. That's that's the disparity of this year's playoffs though. I mean, well, the only reason there's so much parity this year is because of injuries. So if you want to, for everybody crying about more parity in the in the NBA, I mean, injuries get it for you. (laughs) Yeah, I mean that's but that's part of it. You know, like players go down, players get players get hurt. That's part of you know a reason why. In 2011, Miami Heat was a one seed when they lost to the Mavericks. They might not have been, but in the in the conference finals, though. So did they beat? No, them? no, in the finals. Yeah, but we're talking about the conference finals. Oh, he said the conference finals. Yeah. Uh, no one seed in the conference finals. Oh, I don't remember. Yeah, I can't remember. I, I would have to like read a book about that. <laughs> yeah. I remember. I don't know that off the top of my head. And PJ Tucker is the glue piece the Bucks didn't have last year. Holiday is a true facilitator that brings you the same defense Bloodsoe did, but better. Uh, I I agree with that. PJ Tucker was the, a huge addition. That was. Uh, a big piece for them. He was a disruptor on the defensive end. He kind of does everything that the rest of the team doesn't. You know, you need a guy like that, like the Draymond Greens of, you know, the Warriors. You need you need a guy who does all the dirty work. And he's not as good as Draymond Green. No, not at all. But he does. But he, but he is jacked. <laughs> yeah, but he, yeah, he is jacked. But it's, he does he does what Draymond Green does. He does the, the same stuff. He's not as good as him. You he's, know, not, he's, not, he's not as dirty as him either. Yeah, he's not a perennial all-star, but he does he does do the kind of stuff that Draymond Green does and uh, you know the stuff that the stars won't don't have to do. You know, he does all the dirty work and stuff. And Drew Holiday has been a facilitator because they got other offensive pieces too. You know, you've got Chris Milton and Giannis who are 20 plus point per game scorers. So you don't yeah, Drew Holiday hitting threes would be a key. But it's him being a facilitator and setting up the offense and getting these guys in position to score is a big piece that I think has been underestimated with him throughout with, Holiday. with Drew Holiday. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, you know, it can only be so useful if you can't score at all. Yeah. But, yeah. Definitely true to an extent. So then the Suns versus Clippers. So the Suns lead the Clippers now three to one. Game five is tonight in Phoenix. We can see a game five. Um, 
finish the series. No Kawhi Leonard again tonight. It's going to be interesting. Going to be very interesting to see. It's back in Phoenix. Um, you know, I think that there's a good shot Phoenix wins tonight and ends and completely ends the series. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but, I mean they're back home. Yeah, and they were able to why? win. They, they, what's that? That's why. I think. Yeah, and, and they have to be back home is huge. Which they didn't have. Which they didn't. Which they didn't have before though. So, <laughs> I I would say, yeah, it looks like they win. But even if they don't, I still think the series is over anyway because the Clippers yeah. have to win two on the road. Yeah. So you think Paul George is going to win two on the road and is not going to have any choke? Isn't going to choke at all? Yeah. Like that would just go against all of. In his history, all the history of his career. So I, I don't really see the Suns losing this. Yeah, I don't see this. It doesn't matter if they lose this game or not. They, I think the series is pretty much over too. I agree with that. But um, I don't think the Suns are going to win at all. Yeah, I, you know, they're not. Um, I don't think they're. If it's Suns versus if it's Suns versus Bucks, I, I know I the Bucks probably win it all. But it's, it's very interesting. If it were to be like if the Hawks somehow miraculously come back, I think the Suns could beat the Hawks. Yeah, but I don't think the Hawks are coming back. That's my yeah, whole point. That's that's the thing. That's the key piece there. But like, yeah, if the Hawks come back, that's different. But yeah, they're probably not. So yeah, the Suns. But the Suns for the Suns versus Bucks, I think, would be a, a tight series, though. I, I think it's a shame because the Clippers, if not for the injuries, the Clippers probably would have won. Yeah, probably. Well, I mean, if probably. It, I mean, if it wasn't for the injuries, Brooklyn probably Brooklyn would have won, and you know. All that stuff too. We'd be seeing probably Brooklyn and maybe even the Lakers too, and deep in these playoffs, if it wasn't for injuries. So yeah, you know, that's that's a, that's a big part of it. People would have been complaining about how you know it's all the stars. <laughs> yeah, I know. I th- I I mean, I think it's good though that like that we have some new faces, um, in the NBA Finals. We got some new, uh. We're going to have a, a new first-time champion, no matter who wins, uh, a star player that's a first-time champion. So I think, I mean, I think it's good. I think it's interesting, you know, not having some of these guys. But I also think it's so not it's so much worse though, because then you're not getting games that are as good. Would you rather see like a Nets Clippers final or like a Hawks Suns final? Maybe not the Hawks, but I'd, I, I would love to see the Suns in the finals, and I'd love to see the Bucks in the finals. I, don't, rather, I mean, the Bucks are my finals, but I'd rather them get there because you know they were better than all the other teams, and you yeah. know oh, the best teams got injured. Yeah, but like, if, but if you go by that, you can make an excuse for like every. It's single not game. meant to be an excuse. It's my fans. It's my opinion as a viewer. Yeah, I'm not saying it's illegitimate because of injuries. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm saying like, it, if not for the injuries, I'd be getting a better series. Yeah. So you want like more of the star power, basically. Well, than... those are usually the better games. Yeah, it's well, hard. I to mean, try. people complain about the star power in the NBA, but they actually like the product. <laughs> I mean, if yeah. you check the ratings of the uh, Cavs Warriors from four years ago, the ratings were much it, people. Many more people watch that than they would than would watch say the Clippers. Uh, that than would watch the uh, the finals from say uh, two years ago. Yeah. No, I know. I. I agree with that. I mean, so every fan is every fan is different in that sense. I feel like. What no, is, I just think most people think you know they say they don't like the stars, but they do. Yeah, because they watch them. Yeah, it could be the truth. We watch the NBA because we like stars. Yeah, watch good basketball. 
Okay, I can see that. I can definitely see that. Yeah, it's not just because they're stars, though. It's just like you know, it's just better games. Yeah, for sure. I I can I can see that. I can see that. Well, that's going to wrap it up for tonight's episode. Right. I want to thank everyone who tuned into the Review and Preview Network to watch another episode of the Three and D, and to all those listening via podcast, YouTube, etc. You can also follow the show on Twitter at the Three and D. Nick, thanks so much for joining the show. Is there anything else you want to add? No, no. Pretty good. Pretty good. Okay. Okay. Hope everyone enjoys the rest of their week and stay tuned for more updates and brand new episodes coming every Monday at seven. Have a great night, everyone. Yeah.